Good evening. It's good to see everyone back out with us this evening. And I appreciate Dudley leading that song for me. The title of tonight's lesson is taken straight from the words of that song that we just sang together. It's a beautiful song, a beautiful plea from us to God, the supplier of peace, the supplier of grace, the supplier of strength. He is the giver of all good things that you and I so desperately need. We're going to talk this evening for a few minutes about one phrase from that song that we just sung, and the need that we have to be supplied with strength from our Father. And we're going to look at that from the perspective of a character in Scripture in Judges chapter 6. We're going to actually spend some time in Judges 6, 7, and 8 this evening. So if you find Judges 6, we're going to spend the entirety of our time in those three chapters together this evening as we look at the story of Gideon. Gideon is one of the judges that we read about that God sent to help the people of Israel as they kind of went through that roller coaster time period of their existence where they would follow God and they would serve him and then they would leave him and they would turn to idolatry and then they would cry out to God when things got bad and God would send a judge to deliver them and over and over that cycle would repeat. Well, Gideon was one of those men that God sent to help the people of Israel during their time of need. And when we pick up in Judges chapter 6, the nation that is troubling Israel at this time are the Midianites. And we read as the story unfolds that the Midianites are taking the approach of essentially cutting off Israel's food supply. They're destroying their farmland. They're they're essentially starving them in some ways and certainly causing great financial hardship on the people of Israel by destroying all of their agriculture and all of their farmland, everything that supplies them as a nation. And Gideon is in the midst of all of that that's going on. And that's actually where we find him for the first time in Judges chapter 6. He is in the process in his father's house of threshing wheat. And we're even told, as probably many of the people were during that time period, as he's doing that, he's trying to hide it. He's trying to hide it from the Midianites so they don't destroy it. This is their livelihood. This is all that they have. And so as they're, they're gathering whatever food and supplies from the land that they can, they're hiding it to try and protect it from the people of Midian. Gideon is not a warrior. He is a laborer in his father's house. Gideon does not come from a lineage of royalty. He is not even seen as a leader of men at this point. But listen, we're going to read together Judges chapter 6, verses 12 through 16. And knowing that about Gideon, knowing who he is, where he is found at this point, I want you to think about how God talks about Gideon through his angel as he confronts him beginning in verse number 12 of chapter 6. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him, that's Gideon, and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Gideon said to him, Oh my Lord, if 
the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all the miracles which our fathers told us about, saying, did not the Lord bring us out from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? So he said to him, Oh my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. Do you see the difference between how God saw Gideon and how Gideon saw Gideon? The angel of the Lord comes to Gideon and he calls him a great man of valor. And he tells him that it's in your mighty strength that you're going to lead the people of Israel out from this oppression that the Midianites have brought upon you. And Gideon hears that, and what's his response? I don't know who you're talking about. I don't know who this mighty man of valor is that you're talking about, but I come from the weakest of all of the tribes. And not only do I come from the weakest of all of the tribes, but I am the least in my father's house. So what does that make Gideon? It makes him the weakest of the weak is what he's saying. I have no business being called a great man of valor. I have no business even talking about being someone who could lead a nation out of this oppression. Did you get the wrong address? I don't know who you're talking to, but that's not me. Well, I think what this teaches us, as we start to make some application to this part of Gideon's story, is that recognizing true strength, true strength, requires a change in our perspective. Because through the lens that Gideon was viewing himself, he was 100% right. 100% right. He was not a mighty man of valor. He was not a man of great strength. He was not a man of great notoriety. He was not a leader of men. He was none of those things. But he was looking at himself through the wrong lens, from the wrong perspective. Because when God saw him, he saw him from a different perspective. That's what you and I have to realize can happen to us as well. We are not weak creatures. We are not helpless creatures when viewed through the lens of our Father who is in heaven. Why? Because as we just sung, he is the provider of strength. That's why we sing that song that we just sung. Because I am not strong in and of myself. That's why I need the strength that only God can provide. So Lord, I am in need of that strength. But not only should I cry out to the Lord that I am in need of that strength, but then I have a responsibility to view myself through the lens that God sees me through. Because as a child of his, 
I am strong. As a child of his, I can withstand temptation. As a child of his, I can overcome sin. Why? Because he is the giver of strength. And he is the one who provides me with that. Just as he did with Gideon. He saw Gideon as a man who could lead the people of Israel out of this oppression that the Midianites were in. And once Gideon began to believe that as well, that's when everything changed for him. And so it is with you and I. Everything changes for us when we begin to realize that it's through God's provision of strength that we can overcome the obstacles that are set before us, that we can be victorious, that we can be the leaders of men and women, that we too can experience the greatness found in trusting our Father. But we have to change our perspective in order for us to do that. There's another interesting lesson that shows up as we get deeper into this story in chapter 7 of Gideon's story. As we begin to see the battle that is going to take place unfold. And Gideon now, having embraced the role of leader, having begun to prepare not only himself, but also the people of Israel for battle, he begins to recruit. And he begins to recruit the warriors and the bravest of the men from the nation of Israel so that they can go up and they can fight against these people of Midian. And we get into Judges chapter 7. Look what he says in verse number 3. Then the Lord said to Gideon, again, as Gideon is preparing everyone for this great battle that is going to ensue, the Lord said to Gideon, the people who are with you are too many for me to give, for me to give the Midianites into their hands, lest Israel claim glory for itself against me, saying, my own hand has saved See, at this point, God looks down on the people of Israel. And as the story continues, we realize that Gideon's got about 30,000 men with him ready to go into battle. Now, as we're going to find out here in just a second, 30,000 men sounds like a pretty good-sized army, but even 30,000 men is still dwarfed by the army that they're going up against. But even with those odds, God looks down at Gideon, and God looks down at the people, and he says, it's too many. It's too many people. And so he begins to whittle that number down. And he whittles it down a couple of times until he gets to 300. 300 men. And as we see, they are going up against more than 100,000 in opposition. I look at that, and logically, that makes no sense. Militarily, that makes no sense. But God gives us the reason for why he does this. He gives us a very clear reason for why he does this. He didn't want Israel claiming victory by their own strength. Even though they still would have been outnumbered with 30,000 men, God recognized that Israel could have overcome them and then claimed victory for themselves. 
and said that it was because of our strength and because of the warriors that we recruited that we were able to defeat Midian. And God wanted to make sure that when this victory was had, that they knew where that victory came from. And so he weakened them. He weakened the people of Israel. And he did so to remind them of where their strength comes from. There's another great example of this in Genesis chapter 11, as the story of the Tower of Babel unfolds. You can read that story as, as the people of the, of, the, of the world, really, at that point, were all gathered together as one. And they thought they were so powerful, and they thought they could do just about anything under the sun. And so they were going to build a tower all the way to heaven. And God looked down on that and said, this is not good. I am not going to allow them to think too highly of themselves. And so he scatters the people and confuses their language at that time. He weakened them. Weakness, it it comes with a very negative connotation in our society, understandably so. But there are times where we need to be weakened. There are times as Americans that we need to be humbled. There are times as Christians that we need to be humbled. We need to be weakened physically so as to be reminded where true strength comes from. And God did that for the sake of Israel. It was for their good that God humbled them. It was for their good that God weakened them. It would do us good to realize the value in that from time to time. To realize the value and the limitations that we have. To realize the limitations that I have in personally overcoming sin. The limitations that I have personally in providing. The limitations that I have personally in standing up for the truth. So that I can realize the great strength found in God helping me overcome sin. And God providing for me and my family. And God giving me the strength and the courage to stand up for the truth. There is value in being humbled. There is value in being weakened. Stories like Gideon's are a great reminder of that. But there's another good reason why it's important from time to time to be humbled or to be weakened. And we see that in chapter 8. Because oftentimes physical strength can give us a false sense of security. Turn over to chapter 8 and let's look at verses 11 and 12 together. Now this is... This is at the, towards the end of the battle that is taking place that we talked about beginning in chapter 7. <clears throat> this is after the initial battle has taken place, and some of the kings and their men have fled from Gideon and the people of Israel. But listen to verses 11 and 12 in the context of this point about physical strength giving us a false sense of security. Then Gideon went up by the road of those who dwell in tents on the east of Nobah and Jogbah. And he attacked the army while the camp felt secure. 
when Ziba and Zalumna fled, he pursued them, and he took the two kings of Midian, Ziba and Zalumna, and routed the whole army. I, lo- I love the little detail that's included in this text for us. That Gideon attacked them while their camp felt secure. You see, even after the initial defeat that Gideon had led the people of Israel in, the people of, of Midian still had some 15,000 men with them. And even as they were fleeing, they were still able to set up a camp and secure their camp. They were now in defensive mode, but remember, they're only being chased by 300 people. They were able to set up a camp that they felt was secure. They thought they had a stronghold that would provide them with safety in the midst of this battle. And it's at that moment that God led Gideon and the people to rout them. Another good lesson to us when it comes to this idea of strength and our need for it from God. We're not talking about physical strength. Because physical strength provides us a false sense of security when we are children of God's. It it can make us think that I can handle this on my own. It can make us think that I can go here. Now others, I I know there's some some weaker individuals. Maybe they shouldn't go here, but I can. Or, you know, maybe some people would have some trouble if they stayed around this group of people because of the behaviors that, that they seem to, to present. But, but I can do it. I'm okay around these people. I can, I can watch this media. I can listen to these songs. I, I, can, I can do this. Others may not, but I have the strength to be able to do this. Do you hear all the eyes in all of that? That's, that is a perception of strength that is giving me a false sense of security. The, the people of Midian learned this lesson with their lives. You, you and I should be able to read this and learn the value of this lesson from their example. That the physical strength is a false form of security. It's not, it's not where true safety is found. True safety is found in the strength of God. That's where true safety is found. That's why Gideon and 300 guys, they were the safest group of people out there. Because they were fighting on behalf of the Lord. That's where you and I should be as well. Don't get caught up in what the world proclaims as safety and security. Put our lives in the hands of God. Because that's where true safety is found. That's where true security is found. Anything else is a a me-centric form of religion at the end of the day. You are putting your faith, you are putting your trust in yourselves. That's really just a form of idolatry. We We are placing our own abilities and our own strength in the place of God. And that only leads to disaster. 
that only leads to failure. That only leads to destruction. And so lastly, as we begin to conclude uh, the study through Gideon, I wanted to direct your attention toward the end of chapter 8. I guess it's kind of halfway through the chapter. As the battle has concluded, as the people of Israel have been victorious, they look at Gideon as their great leader, the one who had led them from the oppression of the Midianites. And listen to what they say. Then the men of Israel said to Gideon, Rule over us, both you and your son and your grandson also, for you have delivered us from the hand of Midian. Now again, I want you to think about, put, put yourself in the, in the shoes of Gideon for just a second. As all of these people are pointing to you, and they're saying, you have delivered us from the hand of the Midianites. Now Gideon's not that far removed from threshing wheat in his father's house and scaredly and timidly trying to hide it from the Midianites so that he has food to eat the next day. He's not that far removed from that point in his life. He's not that far removed from being from the weakest tribe of all of Israel and the least of his father's house. And now, all of Israel is pointing to him and saying, rule over us. You and your son and your grandson, rule over us because you are the one who has led us to victory. Verse 23, but Gideon said to them, I will not rule over you, nor shall my son rule over you. The Lord shall rule over you. See, this is a perfect example of someone who recognizes where their strength came from. And when everybody points to them, he points to God. Because he understands, he remembers, that he's not that far removed from talking to the angel of the Lord and saying, I don't know who you think I am, but I think you've got the wrong guy. Gideon understood. Gideon understood that his strength and his ability to lead men to victory, it had nothing to do with him. It had everything to do with God. And it had everything to do with the strength that he had provided to him. He had only been able to accomplish what he accomplished. Because when he was in need of strength, God provided And so it is with you and I. Any victory in our lives, spiritually speaking, as we find ourselves being able to overcome temptation and stand up for the truth, any victory that we have, the most dangerous thing in the world that we can do in that moment is point to ourselves. Let Gideon serve as the example that that any victory, big or small, that as a follower of God's you enjoy, even if all the other people are pointing to you and celebrating you, 
you point to God and give credit where credit is due. Because he is our source of strength. And it's ever important that we recognize that, that we proclaim that, that we remind one another about that. That's why songs like the one that we sing in need are so important. Not only is it a personal plea to God for his strength, but it's also an important reminder to those around us that I need God's strength. I, I need his strength. I am, I am pouring my heart out to God because I need his grace, because I need his peace. I cannot accomplish these things on my own. And so we remind one another, we build one another up as we plead to God for that strength. Lastly, as we conclude this evening, there's one part of Gideon's story that we didn't really talk about tonight. And it's a pretty well-known part of his story found in chapter 6 prior to Gideon preparing his army to go out and to fight in this battle. There is some hesitancy on the part of Gideon, understandably so. He is unsure. He is nervous. Because he realizes who God is sending him up against. And it's an army that is much bigger than any army he's going to be able to recruit from the people of Israel. And so in verses 36 through 40 of Judges chapter 6, Gideon asks God for some reassurance. And in those verses is contained the story of this fleece that Gideon puts outside of his tent. And he asks God to make that fleece both wet with dew and dry without as a way of being reassured by God that he truly is with him. That it really was God that appeared to him and called him into this service. That God is going to lead him to victory in all of this. He needs that reassurance because of the hesitancy that he's feeling. And God humors him in this. And he does what Gideon asks in those moments. And I think he does so because he realizes that Gideon is weak. That Gideon is disadvantaged, that, that Gideon is, if left to his own devices and the physical strength of the people of Israel, going to lose. And so God provides him with that reassurance. He doesn't scoff at Gideon in that moment. He provides him with that reassurance. He does that for us, too, through the preservation of stories like this. When we're struggling with our faith, when we're struggling with our dedication to God and our willingness to truly put our lives into his hand and allow him to direct us, when we're struggling with that, stories like Gideon's are an important place to go to realize that God reassures his people of who he is and he reassures them of the promises that he has made and his faithfulness to those promises. And so we can read stories like Gideon's. We can read stories like Joshua's. We can read stories like 
the story of Moses as he leads the people out of captivity. Those stories have been preserved for us so that we too can be reassured that God is faithful to his promises and that he provides us with the strength that we need. And so as we close and we think about where we are right now in our relationship to God, in our spiritual journey, I I would ask you to consider the story of Gideon and the reassurance that God gives us that when we cry out to him for strength that he provides, that when we cry out to him for grace, he provides. When we cry out to him for peace, he provides. When we cry out to him for forgiveness, he provides. When we cry out to him for salvation, he provides. He is the perfect provider for us. He gives us everything that we need to be a child of his, to be righteous, to be holy, as Jeremy talked about this morning. God provides that to those who seek him. So if you're here this evening and you realize that sin has a grip on your life, and you feel as if there's nothing you can do about it, you are right. But God can. And he stands ready to free you from that bondage. And he stands ready to make you perfect, and to make you holy, and to make you righteous. Not because of your strength, but because of his. And he sent his son to this earth to die on the cross so that we can have an avenue to have our sins forgiven. And that opportunity awaits each of us. If you haven't become a child of God, that invitation for the Lord to provide you with what you need, to have your sins forgiven and become a child of his is available to you this evening. If you have done that in the past, but you too feel like sin has crept back into your life, and that it has a grip on you once again. Cry out to God for the strength to overcome and trust his faithfulness to do that for you. If we can help you in any way this evening, please come to the front and let us know how as we stand.